Good morning. We're going to mix it up here a little bit, and we're going to have a missions report. So I just want to remind you that we are having a guest missionary speaker on Wednesday. And if it is possible, be here, because you're not going to want to miss it. So there was a scripture from Psalms 24 that um, it's one of my favorite scriptures lately. And it says, Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So with my report, you remember who the King of glory is. So one thing I want to tell you is the BBs have finished their deputation, (laughs) and they are thrilled about it. And in their absence, there's a brother Tingle that has been helping with the church in Andorra. And, um, but his location is like three hours away, and now Andorra is shutting down its borders again. But in the meantime, the last service that he was in person with these people in Andorra, and he said they're a loving congregation, and I think he said there were about 30 people And they're different nationalities, but he said he passed out a Bible study to each one of them, and he's teaching them how to teach this Bible study so that they can reach others. So the Lord knew ahead of time what was going to happen. And do pray for Endora because where they were meeting, they might not be able to once the borders are open. They don't have a church building, so they are going to need a place to be able to congregate. So pray for that congregation, that as they are taught the Bible study, that they will reach out to somebody else and then teach it to them. Um, You know, with all this shutting of the borders, New Zealand has been shut for two years, and every time we hear about pray for New Zealand, pray that we can come there, because they just started a work in New Zealand before COVID hit. And even for the nationals of New Zealand, if they wanted to go back home during COVID, they had a lottery. But I hear in July that they will start opening up their borders again to everybody. So pray that is so, so that we can go to New Zealand and we can minister to those people. Also in Bangladesh and in a lot of these countries, you're wondering, well, what's been going on? Well, the Lord's been moving. People have been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And a lot of these countries that have started to open, they've been able to have the Bible schools again. And these students are so excited to go out to their countrymen and to bring the word of God. So in a lot of these countries, that's what's been going on. In the Dominican Republic, they have all these different little islands around there. And there is one island where 1,800 people on Tonga, they have received, 90 have received the Holy Ghost, and 800, or excuse me, 900, 90 have been baptized in Jesus' name, and 800 have been filled with the Holy Ghost since all of this has been going on. There's other little islands around there where they have three new churches, 12 people have received the Holy Ghost, in Bangladesh, in every little village and stuff, all I, on the reports I see are people are being baptized. People are being filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, Bangladesh, remember, they have that one million. And their, their Bible school is now, the outside is completed, and they're finishing the inside so that they can hold classes. 
Um, so God is doing a mighty work. He's doing a great work. But there has been some catastrophes and some other things that have been going on. And in Madagascar on February 6th, 6th on um, the eastern part of the island, they had a Category 3 to 4 cyclone, cyclone hit. And because of that, 30 of their churches were either severely damaged or completely damaged. So pray for that country. You know what it would be like. What would it be like if you didn't have a place to gather? They're poor countries. The pastors are poor. But God is a mighty God. He's the king of glory. He's the one that can supply the need. And there's one other thing I want to talk about. Um, But before I talk about that, I just want to say, um, I want to preface it with, I remember when Nona Freeman, when they were missionaries in um, Kenya, thank you, um, finally they were going to get some help, and there was this missionary family that came, and they finally got help, and Brother Norris and this missionary were traveling through Africa, and there was a severe car accident, and he was killed. I mean, they didn't even hardly get to the country, and this missionary was killed. And Sister Freeman and Brother Freeman was just um, severely, severely injured. But through it all, she said, Lord, you know, we are so desperate for help. And I just don't understand this situation. And the Lord said, well, what one man could do, seven more could do even better. And I remember in South America, and I don't remember the missionaries' names, and I have read it recently, but there was a missionary that he would fly other missionaries throughout South America. Maybe. You probably know the story. Yeah, I believe so. And he was one, they they took off, and there were some missionaries in the plane, and they hardly got off the ground, and the plane crashed into the water. And he could help everybody get out of that plane except for one lady. And it bothered him so bad. And the Lord told him, I am the pilot of that plane. Now, there was a missionary from the Philippines recently, and I don't remember his name either, and I just didn't have time to track down where I had found this information. But he had cancer. And I believe for over a year, he was in the hospital struggling and struggling and struggling for ca- with cancer. And they've been in the Philippines for years. In fact, his father was a missionary in the Philippines. And the Lord had really spoke to his wife and said, you need to begin an orphanage. And you need to start it with the girls because there are so many. What we don't understand in this country, these other countries, I'm telling you, the poverty, uh, the lifestyles. You know, we just don't have a clue sometimes. And I know this in the Philippines. They have street children, like much of South America. And um, they go in the dumps. They try to get plastic or whatever they can find to sell to eat a little something. They're abandoned. They're young. They can be as young as three years old and even younger. It's very difficult for the girls, as you can imagine. As they grow older, it's not easy for the boys, but it's worse for the girls. So the Lord laid on this missionary's wife's heart to start an orphanage. Well, they kind of started it before COVID hit, and then he got this cancer, and he was in the hospital, and all the treatments, none of it was working. And he said, and he was very weak, and every time his son came to visit him, it was, you know, it was hard to see his father in that condition. And, and he's like, Lord, I just don't understand what's going on, because you have promised my wife. You told her she needed to start this, and COVID hit, and now I'm deathly ill. And it got to the place where they, they had no other treatments they could do. 
but it happened that in Hawaii they were studying a brand new treatment. So he flew over there, and it wasn't working, and he was getting sick. And But the Lord showed up. The king of glory came in, and he healed that man's body. But that's not the end of the story because after he was healed, you know, the Philippines are made up of a bunch of islands. And I don't know if you know about the Philippines, but there's a lot of guerrilla warfare, and it's just not a safe a lot of places are not safe to be in that country. And there was this one island they kept saying, you need to come, you need to come, you need to come. And he's like, I don't even think it would be possible. I don't think the government will let me, the Filipino government. And they kept saying, you need to come. And he said, and he didn't really know why they were insistent that he needed to come. And finally he said, okay, we're going to come. And so they said, if you go, you'll be killed. And it had to be very secretive, and your wife can't come with you, and it was just this whole big to-do, and he said, I just feel like we need to go. So he got there, and um, I think he met with the president before he went, and the president said, you know, we, we cannot protect you. Um, we, I can't send the military in there. But he said, I am determined to go. I feel like the Lord has said, I need to go. So there was a man when he was a child that – was Filipino, and he came into the church. And he was he partnered with um, this missionary's father, and they went to this island. Well, he left the church, but he became very wealthy. And so he said, if you are determined to go, I will supply you with a helicopter to fly you over there, and I will supply you with men to protect you while you are there, and you give me three days, and we will go ahead of you and make a way for you. So he said, because I know you and you will go. And he said, yes, I will. So he went. And when he got there, he went to this one village, and they had a picture of his father in this man who supplied the helicopter and the protection. And he said, they said, we wanted you to come. Because his father was only in that village like for maybe a day. But what they had heard of the word of God about being baptized in Jesus' name they had taken to all the villages. There were mountains that you could see. And I think they called it the Jesus Mountains because all of those vi- villages were touched. Almost every person around there had been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why they wanted him to come. Now I'm going to tell you about Brother Rushing in Korea. He's deathly ill. He's got esophagus cancer. But there's two reports. So we need to pray for him and his young wife. We need to pray for South Korea. I don't know what the Lord's report is, but I know the king of glory. I know he can heal, or if it's his desire that he would take him. I don't know what God's plan is, but I want us as a church to pray for him right now. So if you'll join me, if you'll stand. And ladies, I want you to know, you have uncut hair. And because of your uncut hair, you attract the angels. And the angels are God's mighty warriors, and he has created them for a purpose and a plan. So we're praying, Lord, today that you would release your angels to do battle and to do ministry, Lord. We know there are always two reports, and we don't know what the report is, God, but you know you have a purpose and you have a plan. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we claim healing for his brother Rushers, for his 
his, his body if it's your will, O oh God. I pray that you would lose your spirit upon him and his wife right now, that you would come and send the comforter, and they would feel your comforter, O oh Lord, like a comforting blanket, O oh God, that you would increase their faith, O oh God, that you would be with the people of Korea, your people, O oh God, that you would increase their, their faith, O oh God. You are holy and righteous and mighty. You are the king of glory, strong and mighty, and that you would enter their room, O God, that they would know that you are their king, their Lord, the mighty God, that nothing is too hard for you, that your purpose and your plan would be, would be completed. In Jesus' name I pray. I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, by your hand, in Jesus' name. He is the King of Kings, and He is the Lord of Lords. We live and we breathe under His Lordship, and we die under His Lordship. Amen. But He is Lord of all. He always will be. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome report. That's the same God that we serve. And people are people. What God can do there, He can do here. And that encourages me. Amen. In the interest of switching things up, I'm going to be leading your songs today. How about that? <laughs> Amen. We're going to start with Hymn 248. He brought me out. He brought me out of all kinds of junk and garbage. He cleaned me up. And I'm going to see Him and I'm going to live with Him forever. Amen. Hymn 248. My heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread crown, and lo, in the pit where my sins dragged me down, I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay, who tenderly brought me out to golden day. He brought me out of the miry clay, he set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. A song of praise, hallelujah. He placed me upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established and here I'll abide. No danger of falling while here I remain, but stand by His grace until the crown I gain. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. A song of praise, hallelujah. He gave me a song, t'was a new song of praise. By day and by night, its sweet notes I will raise. I'll praise overflowing, I'm happy and free. I'll praise my Redeemer who has rescued me. He brought
brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. A song of praise, hallelujah. I'll sing of His wonderful mercy to me. I'll praise Him till all men His goodness shall see. I'll sing of salvation at home and abroad till many shall hear the truth and trust in God. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. I'll tell of the pits with its gloom and despair. I'll praise the dear Father who answered my prayer. I'll sing my new song, the glad story of love. Then join in the chorus with the saints above. Brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. A song of praise, hallelujah. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. A song of praise, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> That you brought me out, that you delivered me from the bondage of sin and death and into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are our salvation this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hymn 68. It is Jesus. Who is this who for us arose, offers comfort and relief? Bringing sunshine to the dark and shadowed life. Saying softly, cease repining, lift thy soul above its grief. Let the peace past understanding still the strife. It is Jesus, Jesus, said one weep no more. He will heal the broken heart and open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who comes with healing for the halt, the blind, the lame? Saying softly to the sinner, follow me. Only come in faith, believing as of old the people came. And the lame shall walk, the blind again shall see. It is Jesus, Jesus, said one weep no more. 
He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who loves a sinner as a father loves his own? Grieving over those who spurn his gentle plea. Always ready to forgive them and to make forgiveness known. Who is this forever calling you and me? It is Jesus, Jesus, sad one, weep no more. He will heal the broken heart and open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who loves a sinner as a father loves his own? Grieving over those who spurn his gentle plea. Always ready to forgive them and to make forgiveness known. Who is this forever calling you and me? It is Jesus. Jesus said one weep no more. He will heal the broken heart and open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. It is Jesus. Jesus said one weep no more. He will heal the broken heart and open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We look to you, Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah, Jesus. We laud and we magnify you. We heap glory and honor unto you, thou most high God. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> and this is perhaps one of my favorite songs right here. Oh, I want to see him. Him too. I so desperately want to see him. Not through a glass darkly, but face to face. I want to hear his voice. I want to, I want to touch his side. I want to touch the scars in his hand. I want to see him. Amen. As I journey through the land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow, many arrows pierce my soul from without within, but my Lord leads me on, through Him I must win. Oh, I want to see Him, look upon His face. There to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, here at last, ever to rejoice. When in service for my Lord, dark may be the night. But I'll cling more close to Him, He will give me light. Satan's snares may vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside. 
But my Lord goes ahead, leads whate'er betide. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face. There to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, here at last, ever to rejoice. When in valleys low I look toward the mountain height, and behold my Savior there leading in the fight, with a tender hand outstretched toward the valley low, guiding me I can see as I onward go. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face. To sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When before me billows rise from the mighty deep. Then my Lord directs my bark, He doth safely keep. And He leads me gently on through this world below. He's a real friend to me. Oh, I love Him so. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face. There to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face. There to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I'm so looking forward to that hope. The hope of living with you, seeing with you, being with you for all eternity. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I can't wait to see him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we are switching things up a little bit today. <laughs> Keeping you guys on your toes. Um, have a, a word today. I Encouragement, challenge, I don't know. Uh, just something I felt. And my husband's been really nudging me to get up here. And it's just like Sister DeMuth, this is not my comfort zone. <laughs> So, hallelujah. You can be seated. Um, have any of you ever heard the expression, in case you get hit by a bus? Yeah, we say it at work a lot. My boss is constantly saying, oh, let me show you how to do this in case I get hit by a bus. Or, you show so-and-so how to do that in case you get hit by a bus. Now, let's get, make sure we have procedures in place in case you get hit by a bus. I was like, 
maybe you should stop saying that because what if we do get hit by a bus? You know, that's probably what's going to happen. You know, did you actually know it's not that uncommon? You actually have a better chance of getting hit by a bus than winning the lottery or $1 million in McDonald's Monopoly game. The odds of winning a million dollars in McDonald's Monopoly game is one in, are you ready? 451,822,158. Odds of winning the Powerball jackpot is a little better, one in 292 million. You know, actually, with such tough odds, there are still several people who have won the lottery multiple times. There's one couple in Virginia, uh, Calvin and Zatera Spencer, they enjoyed a month-long winning streak that saw them win two one million and one $50,000 prize. So on March 12, 2014, they won a $1 million Powerball prize. Then, two weeks later on March 26, they won 50000 in a pick four. And they finally won their second $1 million on a scratch-off ticket on March 27th. Surprisingly, they just kept going, and they had another big win in 2017 with a $100,000 cash buy prize. Now, I'm not saying that to advocate the lottery. I'm just saying, even with those tough odds, people are doing it. But the odds of getting hit by a bus are one in 495,000. Yeah. And that's actually better odds than getting attacked by a shark. Getting attacked by a shark, you have a one in 3,748,067 chance. And I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be one of those getting attacked by a shark. I mean, I don't live anywhere near the ocean. But even if I were to visit, I'm a pretty mediocre swimmer, so I probably would not venture that far out, especially in a shark-infected, <laughs> infested waters. Um, so we know that death is the only certainty in life, but how it comes about is anything but certain. There's so many different ways to die. There's a one in two million chance of dying after falling out of bed. I never even thought of that. I mean, I, maybe if you fall from a bunk bed, I don't know. I just didn't think falling such a short amount of space. But odds of dying by lightning is one in 138,849. So do not go under a tree if there's a lightning storm you have a really good chance of getting struck by lightning. Ezekiel 38.7 tells us, Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou, and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. So if something happened to you, would your family know what to do in your absence? Do they know where to find things around the house? Would they be taken care of? How are you preparing for the inevitable? You know, you may not get hit by a bus, but the reality is we all die. Are your loved ones prepared? Are your friends? All the responsibilities that you handle on a day-to-day -day basis, who will take care of them when you are gone? Sister Bell has really um, been hit with that reality. Some things you don't even think about. 
what? Really? The utility bill? I've been paying it, and you're telling me now I, have, I can't do anything with this because it wasn't in my name as well? You know, there's a lot of little things that we need to think about and we need to take care of. Um, there's actually a book uh, that was published by that title, In Case You Get Hit by a Bus. And it gives us a lot to ponder, and there's a lot of helpful advice on how to make sure everyone's taken care of should you leave this earth before them. And it reminds you of simple things, such as changing light bulbs. You know, do your kids know how to change a light bulb? Does your spouse know where the light bulbs are? Do they know about changing batteries in a smoke detector? Yep, my husband, I really need to school him on where those light bulbs are. Um, Do they understand the bank account? how to balance it and as that example what about paying the utilities do they know how to take care of that we need to prepare our loved ones should we pass before they do and the bible does tell us to be prepared philippians 2:12 says wherefore my beloved as ye have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We need to be prepared for eternity. You know, God is preparing a place for us, but are we preparing ourselves for that place? Mark 13.33 says, Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. Luke 21.36 Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Mark 14:38 also tells us, Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. We're admonished to watch. We're admonished to pray, to pray always. That's how we are going to prepare for eternity. Revelation 3:11 and 12 says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. That's what we are preparing for. We want his name on our hearts. We need to stay in his word. We need to foster a relationship with him daily. How do we do that? Through prayer, worship, fasting. We will be prepared to meet Jesus. And more importantly, through our example we will help our loved ones to be prepared. Our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, they're going to see that example. Um, I actually, I was telling Sister Rudy about a good friend of mine that I worked with at my first job at Burger King. And what an example he was. He was a man of prayer, and everybody knew it. It was obvious, and he prayed. Sometimes we could see him praying at work. And he fasted. Before I came uh, to the truth, I had never met anyone who fasted except him. Um, He didn't have the full truth, but 
He was working on that relationship. That was an example to me. That was something that I could follow. Once I found God, I knew that's what I needed to do. Um, So not only do we need to think about making sure our loved ones know where things are and how to do them, we need to think about what we will leave for them. What will be their inheritance? You know, the definition of inheritance is money or property, etc., that is received from someone when that person dies. Now, I don't have a lot of things, but I just brought a couple things that I'm going to leave behind. So if any of you want dibs, let me know now. I'm going to show you. So I used to be a big collector of dolls, so I have gotten rid of the lot. And this probably isn't worth a lot, you know, monetarily, but it it was something that I loved, something I collected. And I'm pretty sure Kyla wants this when I'm gone, right? Elena. Yeah, no. I don't know who's going to get these. They'll probably go to Goodwill. My girls don't like dolls. But it's one of the things I have that I can leave them. Um, This mug. It's just a simple mug. But it's my favorite mug. And they're always trying to steal it. So I know they're going to be fighting over this. So you better hurry up and get your dibs on it now. I just love it because the shape, I can wrap both of my hands around it. When I'm cold, I can warm up. It's my least favorite color. But it's my favorite mug. Hallelujah. I have a small, and I do mean small, collection of silver dollars. So they will pro- Oh, Aiden. All right, Aiden's going to claim this when I'm gone. Everybody hear that? Write it down, Rob. Aiden gets my silver dollar. <laughs> and you've probably had many people, you've seen these tattered Bibles. This is my very first Bible. After I got the Holy Ghost, my friend that I just told you about bought me this Bible. As you can see, it's pretty worn. Lots, well, you can't see from there, but I have lots of notes in here. Probably need a magnifying glass because I used to write really small. (laughs) But this is an inheritance. This is something that I can pass on to my children, to anyone. Now, have you ever thought about why do we do this? Why do we draft wills? Why do we make sure our loved ones are taken care of? Because you know what? When I'm gone, I don't care. I'm not even going to know, right? But we do it because we love them. We love them so much, and we want them to be taken care of. And if we do have an inheritance to leave, we want to give them a better life. You know, I do have a life insurance policy that will leave a decent sum to my beneficiary, but it's going to be important for them to know how to use that. You know, I can give them that inheritance. I can give them my Bible, but they need to know how to use that. And more important than an inheritance is a legacy. A legacy can outlast an inheritance. It's the mark that you make on the world around you, and it can affect generations to come. 
How you live your life to today will have a lasting impact on others when you are gone. Some uh, legacy quotes. Lin-Manuel Miranda said, Legacy. What is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. Peter Stropel says, Legacy is not leaving something for people. It's leaving something in people. Think about that. What can we leave in the hearts of people? Maybe a love for the word of God. Maybe a love for the things of God. We can't force people to, but our actions and our life that we live before them can help them on that path. Um, Which kind of goes in hand with what Dolly Parton says. If your actions create a legacy that inspires others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are an excellent leader. We're all leaders, every single one of us. With our lives, we are leading people to Christ. And if, they will, if we lead them to Christ and we show them, mentor them, you know, with a Bible study, mentor them with how to pray, how to study the word of God, they're going to become more in God. They're going to become mighty men and women of God and being used in ways we've never seen before. So what are you leaving behind? An inheritance or a legacy? Living a legacy of a strong prayer life, Bible study, and devotion to God and his kingdom will impact the world. So think about who are some people who have left a legacy for you. I mean, we have some that are really well known even in our um, own church movement, church organization. People like G.A. Mangan or Nona Freeman, they've certainly left a a legacy. Jesse Williams is a man who planted a church in Fayetteville, North Carolina, right outside an Army and Air Force base, and reached many, many military men and women and saw hundreds of ministers and missionaries go out. This man left a legacy for my husband. That is where my husband was saved. Left a legacy for me. He and his wife, I was able to be under their leadership for a year. And they poured into me. That was a legacy. David Aldridge is a a very humble man who probably isn't even known by very many people. But he planted a church in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, on the other side of the tracks. And he left a legacy for thousands. As many from the military base came and were saved and went on to mentor others. There are pastors, missionaries that went on from that church. And that is someone who left a legacy for me. That is where I was saved. And that's who gave me a Bible study. That's who taught me how to pray. Who gave me a foundation that I still stand on today. Hallelujah. And Brother Leroy Bell is a man that left a legacy. Um, We just... um, He just left us recently, and, you know, he was a man who made sure to live out the dash. You've probably heard that other places. You know, you see on the tombstone, 1918 to 1980, that dash in the middle. So it's not when you were born and when you died, but it's what you did 
in the in-between with that dash. And that's what he did. He lived out his life to have purpose in that dash. Um, he has made an impact. Uh, I heard some different testimonies at the visitation of the different people that he left a legacy for. And we see it. Your children, your grandchildren. He left a legacy. Hallelujah. And Calvary Apostolic Church, we did, um, in memory of him, uh, New Beginnings was, uh, what do you, what would you call it, um, a ministry. It was a ministry that was very dear to him. So in lieu of flowers, Calvary Apostolic Church did make a donation in memory of him. So that his legacy is being passed on even there. Hallelujah. And uh, just on that note, um, the Bells did give the church a, a beautiful thank you note and memorial to him. And we will have that on the back uh, bulletin board for you. But leaving a legacy. We have another example of how to leave a legacy. We find that in Proverbs 31. If we go to Proverbs 31, starting at verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth forth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household. And a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. She sounds like a superwoman. I'm just a wonder woman wondering how does she get all of this done? Have you ever felt that way? Do you feel like you fall short? Because I don't know about you. I'm not a seamstress. I'm not a gardener. You know, and I'm not necessarily a fabulous chef. But pay attention. To verse 30, it says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But what? 
a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. So she wasn't praised because of all the things she did. She was praised because she was a woman who fears the Lord. She was a woman who gave her best in everything that she put her hand to. So don't despair if you're not good at all those things. Because you don't have to be. Fear the Lord and seek to please him. Because your worth will be far above rubies. This is the legacy that you can hand down from generation to generation. We need to teach our children. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Also in Deuteronomy 6, starting at verse 6, And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. So we need those teaching moments. Every part of the day, there's a moment that we can teach our children through our example, through the word, taking time to do devotions teaching them a teacher affects eternity and can never tell where the influence stops that was a quote by henry adams so a life lived for god is worth far more than rubies far more than any inheritance that i can leave behind however just like an inheritance it's up to the receiver if they want to hold on to it and pass it down to their children and their grandchildren, or just leave it by the wayside. And just like an inheritance in the natural, we leave a legacy because of our love for our family and friends, and because we want them to have a better life. Unlike an inheritance, there's no limit to how many can receive it or how many can utilize it. Chuck Paliuk, I'm probably slaughtering his name, says we all die. The goal isn't to live forever, but to leave behind something that will. Your legacy will go beyond you. So if you were to get hit by a bus, are you prepared? Have you prepared your loved ones? Will you leave an inheritance or a legacy? Will you be ready for eternity? Will they? Thank you. Amen. You know, when I first got into church, there was a, uh, and maybe in some cases there still is, uh, this, this emphasis on, you know, financial peace and, and things like that. And, and that's good. I mean, we, we need to be good stewards of God's money. There's certainly nothing wrong with that and everything right with that. But when I first got in church, that was to the exclusion of everything else. I had never heard uh, 
anything about passing on a, a spiritual legacy. I'd never heard anything about uh, getting the next generation ready to do something for God. And I remember, uh, is, does anybody know who S.G. Norris is? Okay. Um, well, when his wife passed, um, Brother Gerald Grant's uh, mother-in-law, uh, they were having the funeral, and Brother Grant was telling us in class that he'd been going through her stuff and getting things cleaned out. And so he found a jar with a dollar bill in it. He found a jar with a, do- a dollar bill in it. And he said, well, she made it. She had a dollar more leaving than when she came in. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool, though, in a lot of ways, because, you know, again, it's it's good to be blessed, and it's good to to leave a financial inheritance for your your descendants, but so much greater to leave a legacy, so much greater to leave uh, a knowledge of truth. And the revelation of who God is and uh, instilling in someone else that's going to live after you what it means to live for God, what it means to serve Him with your life. So that when it's their time to go, should the Lord tarry, they can experience the same inheritance that you're now enjoying. An eternity with Jesus Christ. What an awesome thing that is. I could have a billion dollars left to me, and even if I knew how to use it, I can't take that with me. And that seems kind of cliche, and Christians say that a lot. Can't take it with you. But, I mean, it's true. And it may seem a little bit corny or uh, insignificant to someone that doesn't have a proper view of eternity. If we had a proper view of eternity, we would understand that it's so much more important to focus on that. Get as rich as you can. Let God bless you in every way possible. But keep Him first. Don't let that become God. I heard a while ago, and I think it's very true, a lot of people see a windfall like that as a blessing. More and more, I see it as a test. Now i got this great big weight around me. What am I going to do with it? Much preferable to have the yoke of Jesus Christ, his burden. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you, Sister Becker. Bringing the word of the Lord. Let's all come to the front.